This podcast is part of the Eat Geek Play Network. For more podcasts about comic books, music, and geek lifestyle, go to eatgeekplay.com. Welcome to episode number one of Repeat the Chorus. My name is Kevin Knight. Now, the concept of this podcast is pretty simple. Every week, I'm going to sit down with a different band, and we're going to take a look at one of their records. They'll share stories about writing, recording, and making of the album. This week, I sit down with Motion City Soundtrack's Josh Kane and Justin Pierre to talk about their now legendary album, Commit This to Memory. Released June 7th, 2005, as a follow-up to their debut album, I Am the Movie, Motion City Soundtrack reached out to Blink-182 frontman Mark Hoppus, who helped the band bring their once-chaotic sound under control. Combining the band's love for distortion and pop-punk, and lyrics about frontman Justin Pierre's struggle with sobriety, in a scene saturated with screaming vocals and bad haircuts, Commit This to Memory was a breath of fresh air. As the band finished up their 10-year anniversary tour for Commit This to Memory, I sat down with Josh and Justin to talk about the memories of the making of this record. Hi, I'm Josh. And I'm Justin Pierre from Motion City Soundtrack, and we're talking about our album, Commit This to Memory. Well, what was the process? What was the oh, process? making the album? Yeah, yeah. You want to start at the well, scratch? Well, it was the first album that we hadn't written over our entire life, so we had to write the record in a small window of time. Window of time, yes. Yeah. So we had like a couple months where we went to uh, L.A. and we wrote songs there in a studio space over on uh, Cole, like Cole at Cole Avenue or Street. I don't know or if I was really there. I spent you most of my there. time at Brett's. Yeah. Uh, well, Justin was well, we go- undergoing some- rehab. <laughs> A version of it. We, uh, I mean, we had we had we had written a bunch of ideas and songs before we left, and I went out like a month early. I think got myself together, uh, yeah. and then continued to write. And then these guys showed up for how many weeks? Was it like two weeks of rehearsals? Oh no, we were there for like a full month of writing. So I went a month yeah. early before you guys. We went like two weeks, and then we were there for a long time. Okay. No, and then, you know, so it was a different experience. We had to write the record in like a short period of time. Um, which kind of scared the shit out of me. I didn't know if we could write songs, like enough songs to have like the material where you like pick the good ones out of, you know, because it's like, you know. It's I don't like, think we had very many extra songs though at all. No, like, we didn't. I don't even think we, I mean, we had maybe one B-side or two. We had one. One got yeah, we one we scratched didn't finish, off yeah. in the middle of it, which ended up going on the next record. That song was Point of Extinction. Yeah, other than like what Justin was going through, the experience was awesome. I mean, we got to go out to L.A., we got to live in L.A., we got to run a house studio in L.A. and just hang out and make an album. It was much different. Our first record was like, we have a few thousand dollars put together, let's go to this small town in the middle of nowhere and eat fucking shitty food and make a record. With this guy who hates us. This guy who hates us. <laughs> Uh, and this record was, you know, it was a lot more fun. I mean, he's still, you know, Mark hated us too, but yeah, a lot more yeah, fun. Yeah. Mark Hoppus got into our lives because uh, our friend Brendan Klein, who worked for Atticus at the time, he had given Mark the CD, and Mark just, I guess, liked it and took us on tour. 
and when we were on tour with him, he had been talking about how they made their last record and bought all this gear and kind of made it, you know, they, they kind of planned on building a studio and stuff and that he was really into recording bands or the idea of being a producer and we we're like, why don't you produce our record? And he said, yes. I think he said, yeah, why don't I? It's like we were talking about it as a group, and then you know, when he left the, the room, I was like, dudes, we should just ask him to produce the Yeah, because I think when you went in, you were more like trying to get his, like, who do you think we should work yeah, for? Yeah, and, like, but then you as he started talking about it. And then you're like, you know what? Yeah, and so the idea came. It wasn't like you planned on, no, you know, it no, sort no. of came up. It literally, we were sitting in this like locker room in Spain, I think, talking yeah. to him about this, and I was like, when he left the room, I was like, oh, shit, like, we should probably just ask him. What is that crazy? And then I text, I, te- I emailed like our management and Brett. I was like, "Is that cool if we ask him?" And then they're like, "Yeah." And so in France, I think I went up to him and I, and I just yeah. was like, "Hey, do you want to produce a record?" And he was like, "Yeah, I do." He's like, "Okay, well, do you have someone's contact information to get a hold of you or whatever?" He's like, "Yeah, my number." That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was really fun. So I just, it felt weird to like get someone like that's number at that time you know we'd been lucky in our career of working with people is like brett gerowitz was a musician so working with him was great because he understands like our what what's in our heads and what's and knows how to tell us when we're being stupid because he knows what's you know he's gone through it and then same goes for mark hoppus is working with a guy that has been under the pressure to make his second album who has been under the pressure to like follow things up and do these things and and really kind of just helped us relax in that situation and just really be a band and enjoy being a band. I think my perception of him going into that, like I didn't know that much about him and I just sort of had the, uh, you know, the music videos and his goofy persona banter, this and that, but um, he's probably one of the smartest, you know, technically, like he knows what the hell he's doing. Uh, it, it was just like a whole, he's just a many faceted character. Yeah. Uh, and that like, you know, that blew my mind. Oh, I knew that working with Mark, it was going to be wacky dick jokes the whole time. <laughs> but I think that the actual recording process, like, I had a ton of faith in him. After, I, you know, I was never a guy who listened to Blink all the time. They were always a band that was like, oh, that's that fun band. They're goofy and whatever. But, but when they made that self-titled record, yeah. I was like, there's some songs on that record that I'm like, that is like a fucking great song that I really, really like as a fan. And so going into it, I'm a fan of that last record. So I was pretty confident that we were going to get a guy who was at that kind of wavelength. I will say that one of his big things is he wanted to let us breathe. Songs, like he wanted yeah. to he wanted us to not have vocals every fucking second and every moment of your face cuz that's what we were like cuz prior to I'm the movie when we were writing songs me and I was like Justin like we're really like, we write these great songs and they're really long and they're really whatever and I was like I think we should do the opposite and we oh, should yeah. sing always and we so were when we made I'm the movie that yeah. was the whole that was us learning how to be catchy in a way where people could listen to yeah, your prior band. to I Am The Movie I think it were like seven minute songs like these are just crazy things and I think there's one there's one seven inch floating out there with uh, called Promenade Carolina I think I think we push almost six minutes yeah on a seven inch songs. yeah yeah it's kind of ridiculous sounds like it sounds great but and that and that, uh, that's what we did for I Am The Movie to make I Am The Movie be what it is and then what Mark came back and was like okay you did a great job there Let, let's ease back on that a little bit let's put some some just music in your album and not have it just be this bombardment of melodies and singing. 
honestly, the biggest challenge with making Commit This to Memory was just dealing with Justin's fucking ridiculousness at that time. <laughs> I mean, drug addict, trying to get sober, getting sober, but then also, like, pissed at us about being sober, also trying to do, like, a million things because now we're in L.A., and he's like, wee. LA time people are no, telling me just, to I try just, out for movies and we're like dude you can't even like well, I, fucking no, eat but breakfast like, like a normal human being right I now I did you know and I got the part and I had to turn it down but that was just but the fact that he's just out there doing know. that without telling it was you know it was an interesting time to be navigating yeah. our band's dynamic because at the same time as like all this chaos is happening like, we're making like we're making an album that is not chaos like we're doing it and we're doing it like in a really like professional manner I mean honestly like and it's weird because like when I think about this time too it's like I, I never I don't think I ever really thought of like I was a musician or I was in I just wasn't I was just this guy who played in a band with you and some other people and then like yeah, sometime is- around after even if it kills me came out I think like in 2007 after that the second uh, 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 getting myself together episode happened I uh, I just was like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing. Like, I, I'm a band. Yeah, no, literally, he would but, say to me, like, I'm not, this music, I'm not, very, it's not really my thing all the time. Like, I'm like, we're fucking on a label making an album in L. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. This is your thing. I don't know. It just takes me a lot longer than, than most people, I think, to embrace change. So, I don't know. I, I felt it was, like, a lot of finagling, a lot of things. And then we also had, like, our, at this time, like, you know, we had had some success, right? I'm the Movies kind of did well at the end of its cycle like we started getting into target and selling more and more records and we got on the end of warp tour we sold a bunch of records at this like couple weeks we were on warp tour and all of a sudden now we were getting some attention and like you know the label and everybody's like oh yeah you know we're gonna do this next album you know um and and we there was the other band on the label matchbook romance which were doing really well at the time and we really wanted to separate our 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 timelines with them because we'd always been on top of them with our releases and stuff and it's really bad to have a band kind of doing the same thing in the same genre not necessarily the same music but I'm saying like it's hard to fight for money like from a label there's only so much You know, I think if we commit this to memory, weirdly, because of it's such a like, pivotal record for us to write and make, because it was the first time we as a five piece at the time had actually written a record together and stuff. The process is like every building block of that record is like in my memory. Like I don't have, I know that's, I, yeah, whatever. It's, it doesn't, like I remember that record more than I remember details about other records that are more recent. Like that record is like, imprinted in my mind of how to make how we made that how it was what the experience was like sleeping on the floor with people snoring next to my head you know with mattresses just in a room i mean it was like a real experience i think making that record yeah for me i, I don't remember a whole lot because i think i was just trying so hard to get my shit together and then do this too so it was like this double thing that was happening and then all the other stuff that i was trying to do while i was in la hang out with people and just have fun um while being sober, which is really weird. Uh, I think I read a lot, but yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember a whole lot of of the recording.
everything's all right in the creation of the song. I'll start there, and you can go the other way. But, okay. but that song was awesome because it was one of. There's a few moments in our band's career where we're like, we're just in a practice space, and someone starts doing something, and then someone joins in, and then it just kind of fucking happens like this magical thing. And everything's all right was one of those things where Tony started playing. He's like, I got this drum beat I've been working on. What do you guys think? And he started playing, and I just started playing along. Like, and the first thing that came to my mind is the chorus to Everything's Alright. I just started playing that. And then literally just everybody came in and we were just fucking rocking that thing. And I think you were singing it pretty fucking fast. I mean, it was like pretty quick. And then Tony just stops playing the drum beat and starts hitting the kick drum. And I just started playing the verse. Like, and it just, it was there. Like, it took us maybe yeah, I an do hour remember to that. write that song. Yeah, and I, I, I love, I mean, I don't know if people care about this sort of shit, but I, I like talking about where... I feel like I was I was just I was listening to a lot of that that first that um what is it last splash by the breeders so I was yeah. trying to do my my Kim Deal impersonation while I was singing that chorus that was where that <laughs> that kind of came from and I I mean I wasn't so behind the beat you know but yeah, I uh, think I remember that conversation for some reason that's that's where my head was and that 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 was my inspiration like when we made that I do remember that evening like I, I went out with I think I went out with Deepika to get some some uh, ice cream. At the what the hell is that place called from Swingers? The uh, Cafe 101. Cafe 101, and uh, and I came back and you guys were recording. I think you were recording. I don't know. Maybe it was done, or maybe you were about to record guitars or something at night. But that was wasn't that when we we set up something where you were. I think it was just a room mic and you and your guitar, and I just wanted to show off and do something funny or weird. I don't know what. I was like, well, we had the idea of doing it all at the same time and we're like, that'd be cool. But was the idea is I wanted to record my guitar in the beginning where you could hear the strings of the guitar Mm. and the amplifier of the guitar. So I sat out in the live room with mics on it with a mic amp and because I wanted to sound like weird and just not normal and then you sang it as well into the into the drum room mic that was there. Yeah, and and it's it's pretty bad, but it it just sounded cool, so we just put it on. That's the beginning of the record, or the beginning of that song. Fragile. You know, it was two different song ideas. It was like one, you know, yeah, it's like an idea that I was like, oh, I love this on guitar, and we worked. I remember it's like we had it for a while. I think we'd been jamming the, the that song for a while, um, and then the whole ending was that thing that happened in that practice space with Tony being like, I got this cool beat, and I was like, I could play this guitar part over, it. and then it just kind of happened, and then we put them together, and it made all sense. Yeah, lyrically. Uh, lyrically, I think that was one. That was maybe one of the first times where I really went outside of myself. Uh, and so I kind of just thought of, I mean, it's still about me, but I, I imagined myself as my dad thinking about me and all the things that I had done in my life. And, uh, and so I wrote that from that point of view. And I thought it, I mean, I, I don't know, to me, the second verse makes me laugh really hard because it's, it's so horrible and terrible. Like the things that, you know, uh, being a dad now, just imagining the horrible things that my kid's going to do, uh, and just the things that we do to our parents and I don't know, but when he heard the finished product, he said, 
you know, I was like, does this sound about right? Is this is, is this an accurate description of fatherhood? And he's like, yeah, you nailed it. So I felt pretty good about that. How it got so cool that it just froze We had to wait till summer to find out what was said One of the best times that we had I found a letter that said I'm sorry that you were asleep When I wrote these words down You'd think I ought to be used to that by now Safe Missed opportunities and I don't care There's not a lot that I feel obliged to share We're talking about How did Hold Me Down come across? So well, Hold Me Down, like the guitar part for Hold Me Down is something that I've like, been working on uh, and writing like as a guitar player since I started playing guitar in like high school is some kind of idea that I've just had forever and then I, you know, we just made it into a song uh, pretty much was like, I got this idea. What do you guys think? And then it just kind of like everybody was digging it, and they, it, it happened pretty quickly as well. Where did that happen? Pre-LA or I, during? LA? I don't remember. It probably pre-LA or or it, we did it in LA. I don't I don't remember. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was as far as the instrumentation goes, we kind of, you know, I feel like there's some cool things in recording. I remember we. What was the name of that studio we went to? It was cello the, at, at the, the time. time. Yeah. Now and it's then, now it's East West. But yeah, I remember they had a big piano, and I went underneath the piano and sang up through the strings to get the outro. I was it the, yeah, the how will I break the news to yeah, you? Yeah, the part. spookiness. Yeah. Yeah, and then I mean it's it's. And I, you it's hold me down. A, it was like, you hold. Oh yeah, down. that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Okay, but yeah, that was really fun. But we, we held like, all the the pedals down so that the strings would vibrate when he yeah. yelled into them. So that cool. it has this really weird. So he's laying on sound. the floor under a grand piano, singing up. Yeah, yeah that was cool. <laughs> Like the li literal idea of the song came from me finding a piece of my ex-roommate's math homework in the couch. And I just, I don't know, for some reason things just, you know, like happen. And I suddenly was like, oh, I imagine finding this letter from someone. And to me, you know, depending on how you read it, that first line could be, I found a letter that said, and then the rest of it's the letter. Or it could be the other way around where you, you found a letter that said, I'm sorry, and that's it. And then this person's thinking about the rest of what they're going through. And so I liked that aspect of it. And, uh, you know, and then it's just filled with shit from my life. I mean, everything is from my point of view, but I tried to at least put it under the guise of other people's, you know, voices. I don't know if that makes sense, but but I think that's that record. I think that record's the first time where that started happening, and then I think it's happened more and more since. But I, I don't know if I've been so obvious about it yeah, other than just letting the characters of the songs be themselves.
Motion City Soundtrack just finished their sixth studio album, Panic Stations. It hits streets September 18th on Epitaph Records. Go over to MotionCitySoundtrack.com for more information. The band are also hitting the road with The Wonder Years and State Champs, a tour you're not going to want to miss. Go over to eatgeekplay.com to check out all the other podcasts we have about food, comic books, and music. Next week, I talk with Citizen about their album, Everybody's Going to Heaven.